Hello Augusta, my name is Lynn Gladney and I'm running for House District 130 in the Georgia House of Representatives. I'm a third generation military veteran with a commitment to service, community, and progress. What does that look like? For me, it's a history of giving back to charitable organizations such as Child Enrichment and Golden Harvest Food Bank. It's my work within the city, whether with the school system, with the Aviation Commission, or the Tax Commissioner's Office. If elected, I want to focus on advocating for solutions to the needs in my district to address affordable housing, accessibility to affordable public transportation, and to the complex factors contributing to food insecurity and food deserts throughout the area. Early voting is taking place right now, and I would encourage you to participate in a historic rush to the polls. Election day is November 8th, and I'm asking for you to vote for Lynn Gladney, House District 130. Welcome to another episode of Making a Difference. I'm your host, Ken Macon. Very excited about today's guest. Uh, she's a third generation military veteran. She's running for the Georgia House of Representatives, House District 130 here in Augusta, Georgia. So glad to have on the podcast with me today, Lynn Gladney. How you doing, Ms. Gladney? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me, Ken. I'm excited. I've spoken to you about this before. I'm going to repeat it again. For the listening audience, your campaign is amazing. The way that you're running your campaign is, is top-notch. The thing that's so impressive to me about it is the way that you're engaging with the community, a term that's often used as boots on the ground. And I think that fits your campaign very well. Just talk about that, that attention to detail of your campaign and why you believe that approach is so important to what you're doing. My campaign is organically grassroots. So when I started my campaign in March, uh, there were a lot of other figures running campaigns already. They were already engaged. So everybody who either already had some political background, they already knew something about campaigns, they were already engaged in running other people's campaigns at that time. And so the people that were already around me were the people that were organic to me. And that group just happened to be my line dance group, which was a group of ladies who are local entrepreneurs, working class professionals, um, retired educators. They were all people who support this community, work in this community, have raised their families, are currently raising their families, and they have roots organic to this community, love and support this community, and they line dance with me. The name of our line dance group is called Augusta Soul Slider, um, and we work and serve throughout this community. And when I told them that I wanted to run for this office, and they said, whatever you're doing, we are 100% behind you. And so we sat down and came up with strategies to think about how we were going to engage this community. And as a collective body, we decided what direction we were going to move, and that's how we did it. And so that's why it's it's grassroots and boots on the ground because we just came up with philosophies and ways to do it um, that were not traditional to campaigns because we didn't, one, we didn't have the money um, to move like the traditional campaign movements had money to do. So we didn't have money to, to set up traditional campaign events where you just host things and invite people to come out. So we had to go to where people are. And so where there were street festivals and events that people were already visiting and populating. We just showed up there and started to participate and engage people. And that's how it built. And so that's how we started to develop this momentum. 
and um, that's where we that's where we began. That's amazing. Women coming together, or women already, you know, a, a part of something, you know, something that you all just love to do, and taking that energy and transforming it into something political, into something that is powerful and is relevant. So that's just wonderful. I feel like you're a person uh, who's really about service. You know, when you look at, like I said, your history, you've worked for the, you know, with the Richmond County School System in the Tax Commissioner's Office, in the Aviation um, Commission, all of these different spaces. Can you just speak to encouraging people about, you know, uh, always being on the move, you know, just uh, really being perpetual in the sense of servitude and what that looks like and how that can really just, I think, really encourage people. Talk about that. So one of the things that was super motivational to me is uh, my father who served in the military. He is he served a Vietnam era army veteran and my father when he was during the time that he served Vietnam era but he was serving in Korea during that time but during the time that the civil rights bill was passed and he was at that time eligible to vote but was on foreign soil Mm. and they did not allow him to vote absentee because they had not made that provision for him because he was a man of color. So that was not a part of the provision. And so he could not vote until he got back on U.S. soil, which was the next election cycle. Mm. But when he told me that story, I knew how important it was for my civic engagement period I knew how important it was um, once I became a parent to make sure that I told my sons to raise them in a space where they understood that giving back and making sure that they operated in purpose working in a space where understanding that that you're that you're called according to a purpose and it's not just about living and, and having a nice house or driving a nice car and having nice clothes and, and you know, go, traveling places and, and doing nice things. But it's about leaving a space in life where you have left an impression on somebody that leaves them with something to know that this person has left an imprint on something for me to give back. So you live to give back. You live to give back. You reach to give back. And so some would plant, some would water, and some would do the increase. That's scriptural. And so you may not ever see what that increase is. You may never know what that increase is. And so I, people have planted and sown into my life over time. And so everything that I'm experiencing right now, everything that I'm walking in right now, every piece of favor, every every opportunity that I am in right now, people have sown and I most of these people I've never met, don't even don't even know. But and many of them I have because they have, you know, encouraged me. They have wrote me letters or sent me emails or posted or, you know, they have um you know, just said things to me and, and, and told me, you know, you encourage me. As a matter of fact, I was at the funeral yesterday for 
um, the late Representative Howard, mm-hmm. and it was a lady who walked up to me and said, "You don't." And she looked me in my eyes and said, "You don't even know me." She said, "But I follow somebody on your Facebook page that's that works on your campaign, and I just want to tell you, I, I wish you the very, very best, and I'm mm-hmm. praying for you." And I don't even know who she is, but that is an example of some will plant and some will water, but God will do the increase. And I'm just a believer of that principle. And I just believe if you do that, God is going to do the increase. And I don't, I don't have to worry about the rest. I don't have to worry about whether I see that increase, you know, that I planted. God is going to take care of that. This is Donald Doe and Michael Doe with Family Financial Consultants. Do you need help with Medicare, with affordable mortgage and life insurance, building an estate for your child? We provide these types of services for you and much more. As independent insurance brokers, we take pride in coming into people's homes and not only saving them money, but changing their lives. Imagine only paying a few dollars for your medicine instead of hundreds, or cutting the cost of your insurance premiums. Our goal is to provide affordable policies tailored to your individual needs. Give us a call at 803-293-8915 or 706-503-3933. Family Financial Consultants, LLC, located at 412 Edgefield Road in North Augusta, South Carolina. Agents work for companies, but a broker works for you. Do you need insurance for your car, home, life, or business? Then trust Jay Harvey, your Allstate insurance agent in Evans, Georgia. He opened his agency in 2017 because he loves helping and working with people. As a husband and father, he understands the importance of helping families prepare for the unexpected. You can get a personalized insurance quote today by calling 706-434-8106. Jay's office is located at 3118-8. William Few Parkway in Evans, Georgia. Remember, you're in good hands with Jay Harvey, your neighborhood Allstate insurance agent. Before we continue with the podcast, I just want to encourage everyone to go to Ms. Gladney's website. It's Gladney, G-L-A-D-N-E-Y, rep130.com, Gladney, rep130.com, G-L-A-D-N-E-Y, R-E-P, 130.com. Very comprehensive website. Of course, it includes your campaign if you can just tell us about some of the key points of reference. The things that I bring with me are not just about me. They are relevant for South Augusta. And basically, you know, there are microcosm or things that are, that are happening all over the state. So what I bring with me is the narrative for everything and some of the things that even Governor Tobi Abrams is bringing along with her. So there are a narrative of the things that will be at the state overall. Um, So affordable housing is in the space or the narrative for everyone. So we're we're all having that conversation. It it is intrinsic to what we're talking about in South Augusta. That piece about transportation, the access, the adequate access to transportation for everybody there. Workforce development is an issue there. So within my specific district are a lot of industrial companies in that space who are poised to be able to have, they have jobs there, but they don't necessarily have a workforce that can get to work, that can afford housing in the area there. So they are, they have the same concerns that everybody else has. So they have people who want to work, but don't have a way to get there and don't have a means to be able to get to the training 
to get to the jobs. So while we all can see what the problems are, making sure that we put the pieces in place to work the problem out, to get the scenario complete. Is, it, is that making sense? Oh, it makes a lot of sense. And I actually wanted to ask you a follow-up question because I can imagine in your district, because it's Augusta, that if it's not predominantly African-American, there's a significant portion of the population that's African-American. And so I want to just ask you to, to elaborate further on that in terms of, you know, we talk about these issues, affordable housing, you know, we talk about transportation, we talk about making sure, you know, no one goes hungry. What is needed from your perspective, uh, transformationally and urgently that's going to help, you know, black folks in this space at this time? So addressing the issue about, in my district, we have a food desert, the workforce development, making sure that resources from the state level actually are disseminated down so that we can address those issues. Working with local commissioners so that as they start to develop planning, so that we can help them have the resources in place so that they can have some momentum to address those issues. And so even as they come up with plans, um, locally there was, when they did the rollback okay. for the tax base, there was, there was not an increase of taxes for, for local residents. So there are no new tax dollars coming in in order for them to provide, for, to have new tax dollars to provide for those resources. So there has to be other dollars coming in so at the state level, I am for supporting legislation that will provide new resources to, to do some of those new things. And so to address the, the issue with food deserts, addressing the issue with affordable transportation, affordable housing, and the workforce development issue, I'm for making sure that all of those resources are in place, the legislation, so that they can be in place for South Augusta, I'm 100% on board for Governor Abrams' plan so that we can do that. And yes, I remember, sir. you know, when a lot of the Krogers left the community, the yes, Kroger sir. on Dean's Bridge, the Kroger um, not too far away from us here in the medical district. And I know some people will, may listen in and say, well, what? what can they really do? I mean, it's not like they can, there's only so much that they can do. There are ways that you all can speak out and there are things that you can do within that space. Kind of just help the, look, give the listening audience some hope in terms of just some of the challenges that they're facing. So, Senator Jones did push some, legis some legislation through the Senate that will be in the House by the time, provided that the voters allow me the opportunity to serve them. By the time I get to the House, that legislation will be in the House and I will have an opportunity to support that. But what it does is allow local communities to provide some incentives. Incentives. So, so say for instance, if it's a Kroger or if it's a Publix, when they decide whether it's because of revenue or because of lack of space or whatever the reason is that they decide um, they want to move in a particular area. So for, because I also serve on the Aviation Commission, the particular area that the airport is situated in is called an enterprise zone. What that means is that if a particular industry decides that it wants to build in that particular area, it has access to certain benefits based upon enterprise zone legislation. 
So because of this particular bill that Senator Jones has worked on, there may be some benefits there that a grocer retailer may have access to because of this legislation. So they would have some benefit to it. And so it gives them some resources, some latitude that they may not otherwise have access to, which would give them a different offering that we may not have otherwise ever had so that it does give us some latitude to give some space so that we don't have a particular area that may suffer in an area that would be considered a, um, a food desert now. That's a great perspective as citizens, as residents. We want things, we wanted things yesterday. Yes, sir. And so, you know, a lot of frustration comes from that and it's really challenging to really understand the process and understand some of the things that happen behind the scenes hey, why is that grocery store over there? Hey, why is that restaurant over there? And these things, you know, don't happen in a vacuum. They happen within the context of politics. And so, you know, when we talk about politics being an everyday thing and not just a, you know, uh, once a year, once every four years thing, this is, you know, a lot of what we're talking about. And so it's great to, you know, see you in this space and see you, you know, speaking to some of these issues. And, well, go to ahead. piggyback on that, sure. um, I'm also very excited about, the opportunity to have access to some USDA resources because okay. a lot of my area is situated in some rural development area. Okay. Um, and there may be some opportunities that would allow us, because um, we have a lot of farmers in that area, okay. um, and they may be able to do some rural development and urban farmings out in that area. There may be some access points for people who open up some small, you know, small farmers markets and develop on there. So that creates a space for people to have access to fresh fruits and vegetables. Man. That's not necessarily like a traditional supermarket, but it does open up a little bit more for people to have access to food that they may not be able to get to a regular traditional supermarket. No, for sure. And that gives us a chance to shout out the farmer's market in South Augusta. And I know you've worked with them very closely. And man, I <laughs> look, that's something that I appreciate you bringing that up within the context of this conversation, because, you know, I'm, I, you know, I live in North Augusta, and so I'm used to, hey, the Publix is here. But as you, you know, as you're speaking of South Augusta and, you know, other areas that have food deserts, you know, the farmer's market is a saving grace in that regard. And the farmer's market's been very active, you know, in terms of not just uh, communicating their services, but actually providing those services as well. So certainly want to shout them out and say great job to them as well. I did want to mention the piece about early voting, uh, because, again, you have been very diligent in your campaign. And, you know, just encouraging people to come out. I understand that uh, Georgia is seeing some record-breaking numbers in that regard. Can you uh, speak to that and just speak to the importance of getting out to vote? Absolutely. Um, right now, we are at a half a million people have Ooh. early voted already. Um, record-breaking in terms of that particular number, of crossing thresholds for um, surpassing 2020 presidential election numbers for women, for um, African-American, for you know, in terms of the different age categories. I mean, every category that I've looked at, we are crossing that threshold. And I'm super excited about that, not just for my community, but for the state overall. So I, like I say, I have um, you've talked about some of my biography in terms of um, my family. So I have three adult sons that I have hazed diligently <laughs> about getting out to vote. And so um, my oldest son, has he, he's led the pack right now. He voted today. 
is the is the first out of the pack to have early voted. The oldest, really. Yes, the oldest. <laughs> He's leading. But just making sure that you get out to vote. You can get out and vote early so that you can make sure that you, you know, that you lock that in solid. Um, but take somebody with you. Encourage somebody in your family. I was going through the drive through the other night, um, actually last night. And as I'm speaking to the young people at the, you know, at the drive-thru, have you early voted? You know, are you a registered voter? And making sure that I encourage them, you know, um, sharing some words with them. And, and even if, you know, even if you don't live in my district, I ask them, you know, who, whoever it is that you support, I need you to make sure that you get to the polls and, and use your voice. Whatever it is, whoever it is that you support, go and make sure that you, that you, access that right and that privilege because it is indeed a privilege that's what it is about the next um representative of house district 130 uh, here in georgia lane gladney so glad to have you on the show thank you so much sir